Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Step on Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And welcome to what is probably the penultimate episode oh. of our Last of Us, a miniseries special wherein we react and discuss the... HBO Max series, uh, which is uh, not a sponsor. And thank you to everyone who has lovingly pointed that out to me. I uh, mentioned that there's an official podcast that they listen to. That's all right. I understand. I haven't listened to it. Does that I, feel, make you feel better? I only listen to you, Annie. Oh, thanks. <laughs> but I do have to remind you that, yes, we are not sponsored. So Yeah. No, it's you know. all friendly. It's all in good fun, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. You hope. <laughs> yes. I do appreciate you've been hosting. We've been having watch parties. They've been a lot of fun. So, as always, there will be spoilers for episode eight called When We Are in Need, the most recent episode of The Last of Us. And all of the episodes before that, Samantha was very good, has been very good of trying to get me to not spoil anything else. So I think I think we can do it. This one. I think we got this. We do, but I oh there's things. I, I, I want to be like let off the leash. I know. But um I will wait. But we know even with this finale you still can't be fully off the leash. I know. It's, I know, it's a but I'm going to I'm going to put some annoying teaser vague teaser things oh, at the I end like of this it. one. If you don't want to hear them you can skip it, but I have to put them in, okay? <laughs> and if you know what I'm talking about then you know. Um <laughs> You know, so you know. these are coming out every Saturday after the most recent episode has aired on Sunday. Uh, and they are replacing my bi-weekly happy hours, uh, which you've probably noticed have been classics. That will we'll go back to our regularly scheduled scheduling programming once this is over, probably. 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 Uh, they have announced a season two and three, but I think that'll be at least two years from now. So... Mm. Yeah, we'll see. A lot of prepping. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Content warning on this one. Uh, We're not going to go too in-depth on these because this sounds really dire, and this episode is really dire, but uh, we are going to be talking about them. Um, Some pedophilia 
sexual assault attempts, uh, cannibalism, child abuse, and torture. This is the second. There's only one more episode left. Uh, and I just saw a headline that it was record-breaking uh, with 74 viewership increase from the premiere. It was a lot. It was a huge increase. So a lot of people watched it, and it was quite disturbing. I'll say that. Uh, I got a lot of, once again, angry text. <laughs> well, sorry. <laughs> um, so with that teaser, if you haven't seen it, uh, can you give us your excellent recap of the episode, Samantha? Well, before we do that, I need to know. I need to do a check-in because there's one episode left. Mm-hmm. One episode. I know. How are we doing, Annie? Well, you saw. I'm, like, excited <laughs> now. <laughs> it's Tuesday. <laughs> it doesn't come out till next Sunday. I'm very, very excited. I think it's going to be absolutely bonkers. I did get spoiled on one thing. I'm Sorry. a little mad about that, but that's okay. Um, did I do it? Kind of, yeah. Did you did it. No, you did it. But it ha- in conjunction with something else that happened, okay. it, it together it spoiled okay. down something. Okay. I do think it's it's uh, only 43 minutes long. I think it's going to pack in a lot. I think there was a recent article with Bella Ramsey where she said... Um, this is going to really divide the fandom, and I think that it will. And that's one of the big things I've been wanting to talk about since the beginning. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm very, very excited. I like that kind of like angsty conversation that's going to come out of it. I'm worried there's going to be a lot of like anger and hate, but that's kind of par for the course for gaming. So that's unfortunate. So I, I'm nervous as well, but I am very oh, yeah. excited. I'm excited. Oh my gosh. And are you doing okay knowing that your Sundays are about to be a little bit emptier? Without our festivals. I am going to miss them. It's been really fun. We (laughs) hang out. We have like a meal. We drink. We talk. And then we watch it together. And then I watch it again. It's like a time. You you and my partner have (laughs) a new tradition where you watch it immediately after and I go to bed. After everyone has left (laughs) and Samantha's gone to bed, we start again. Um, And I just like picking up on things. I like, I don't really watch TV that often. I have it on in the background a lot. But But I don't really like sit and watch especially in a group very often. So it's been fun to do that and be like, oh, look at that Easter egg. Oh, look at that thing. I am, I'm going to miss it a lot in two years. And like I said, you know, I would say even if I have, you know, critiques about it, which I will talk about, and and I've heard some from my friends about it, like, oh, it's too short, it's moved too fast, or all that stuff. I think it's good. Like, undeniably, it's very good. Mm-hmm. And that has been... Very nice <laughs> to yes. like just watch something and be have this kind of feedback of people like, oh, wow, I'm watching it now and I love this and this scared me so much or whatever it is um, from people in person and from people online. It's been very fun. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. Yes. All right. Now that we've done the check-in, let's do this recap. Are you yeah. ready? Uh-huh. So we open up to watching a new group of people sitting together, reading a verse from Revelation. It seems that they are very churchy, very religious group of people. They are mourning at the same time. They are uh, worshiping together. A young woman, young lady, probably teens, is crying and cannot stop from crying during that time in which he comes over, he being the pastor or the leader, as we know, find out his name is David. And if you know, you know, 
warning. Mm-hmm. Uh, he comes over to talk to her, talking about, you know, letting letting uh, the dead rest and knowing that it's hard to lose people, we're together, all these things. And then she says, can we at least bury him? And it's talking about her father who had gotten killed, named Alec. Um, and he say, everybody stops. We look around, and he looks over at probably the secondhand man who was played by Troy Baker. And if you don't know who that is, we'll explain in a minute. But it is important, and we've we've talked about him before. Um, and his name is James, and they kind of give each other the face. And he, the David, the leader, comes around, and he's like, you know, we knew, we've talked about this. We can't bury him because the ground is too cold. It is a wintry, wintry, wintry mess. Uh, Ice and cold and snow everywhere. You feel it. You feel it in the colors. You feel it in their faces. As they walk out after the meeting, David goes to speak with James. And there's like, oh, there seems to be a lot of doubt there. And James is like, people are just scared. He's like, no, I'm not talking about them. And rut row. Not a good sign. Um, then we hear him saying, you know, come on, we're going to go try to find deer, which people have said that have been seen out around. We cut two. Ellie is in the basement with Joel still, who is still unconscious, and she's freaking out, trying to give him some water, because she's like, are you thirsty? And then she splits us two bites of food, I guess jerky, and places one on his chest, hoping that he will eat. Then she takes his rifle, decides to go hunt. She hunts, and he actually gets a deer. There is a moment that you think she's about to kill a rabbit, which if you've played the game, you know. You know, mm-hmm. BT dubs, she does not. Uh, <laughs> we go on to see that she's following the track into the bloody deer because she did get a shot off. Then we come back to James and David who have discovered this dead deer. Looking around, they're like, well, they're not here, so maybe we can grab it. We can go quickly, which Ellie pounces and she's like, step away from the deer. Put down your rifle. And David turns around. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. We don't want to rob you. What if we give you a trade? Let me put down the rifle. Both of them put down the rifle. And he's like, we got a whole village of people we need to feed. And she's like, so do I. And then he's like, well, how about, you know, we do a trade? And he's like, we've got food, we've got boots. And she's like, do you have medicine? And he's like, well, yes, we do. And so she's like, okay, well, why don't your buddy boy go and grab the stuff? You stay with me. And if he brings it, we can split the deer. Which I still can't understand how that was going to happen. How was she even going to drag the deer? How was she going to cook the deer? There were so many questions, but I get it. But during this time, you know, James is like, oh, am I supposed to kill her? What was it? And he's like, no, it's not code. Go get penicillin. Go get uh, syringes. Go now. We'll stay here. Ellie and them hang out for a minute. Ellie empties the guns. And he's like, why don't we go into that shelter? I've got supplies to make a fire. And we'll just hang out until James comes back. Cool, cool, cool. They go and sit. And there's a lot of philosophical conversation happening in this moment. Very important conversation in which she talks about, you know, it's all about luck or whatever. He's like, I don't believe in luck. For instance, let me tell you this. I sent a bunch of men to a village to go see if they can find supplies. And turns out they were murdered by this really crazy man. And get this, this crazy man had... A little girl with him. Shoot to see. I don't, this is what I mean. This is fate. And then we see that James has got a gun on her, in which David says, stop. Given the syringes, she can go. Essentially, he's like, what? And they're like, yeah. He's like, I can help you. You're not going to survive here out in the cold alone. And again, she's like, you know, I'm not alone. I'll be fine. He's like, we can help you. 
but whatever, whatnot. She takes the medicine, runs away, comes to Joel, and then uh, she gives him a shot of penicillin into his wound, which our friend Marissa, who is in the nursing field, who you have heard from, <laughs> had a lot of critique on this, the way that <laughs> she was putting the medicine in. But she does it, does well, keeps going. Uh, this time, David and James return to the village. They're like, look, we got venison. But before they get there, all of the townspeople are eating some kind of yummy meat. And everybody kind of sits there and goes, what are we eating? And they're like, venison. And then they're like, wait, but the venison wasn't there. How? Hmm. Hmm. Um, but David comes back trying to be joyous, like, look, we got deer, we got meat. And they're, they are all somber and quiet. And he's like, if you've heard this rumor that, yes, we did find that man, we did. I did let her go, but we will go back and track them down. At that point, the same young teenage girl gets up and says, you should kill them. You should kill both of them. At which point, David comes over and violently slaps her and says, you know, you act like you don't have a dad. I'm your daddy. And that's not in the internet way we were talking about. I don't no, think. No, no, no. I don't think. <laughs> no. Um, so <laughs> as that goes down, we realize, oh, he's not cool. This is not cool. So he does take a group of men, and they go on their way to hunt him down. While she's singing in with Joel, she goes back out trying to look around to see, I guess, either maybe get a breath of fresh air or assess the situation, and she hears a noise, like, oh, fluttering of birds. Obviously, something's disrupted the atmosphere. Goes and sees that the men have come back, followed her to the house. So she goes downstairs, gives uh, Joel a knife, and says, I'm going to try to lead them away, but if they do come down here, kill them. And so she does that. She puts a bookshelf against the door, runs away, takes the poor horse, Shoots off at them, tries to distract them as she does. The the horse gets shot. Very sad. I hated that. And she falls off, falls unconscious. And David and James and another man take her back to the village while three others stay behind to hunt down Joel, in which David says, if you want your vengeance, go get it. So we go to, they go away. And, huh, and we see that she is locked up. She wakes up and she's like, what's going on? Why am I in a cage? And then he goes through all of these conversations about how, oh, you know, I can be here to help you. We're one in the same. Uh, I have a violent way and so do you. I've always known this and I see it in you. We are much alike. We can do a lot together. And then does that creepy thing where he touches her hand and be implying things. Not good things. In which, uh, at that point, he's like, what's your name? And she's like, I don't care. Like, try not to talk to him. And then she breaks his finger. And the, this ruckus happens. And she tries to grab the keys. And he bangs her head against the door. And she falls back. And he's like, I tried to help you. Because at that point, he was bargaining everything from, like, you'll be helped. You won't be alone. We'll let Joel go. We'll, I'll tell the men to stop hunting them. They listen to me. I'm a leader. You're a leader. And at that point, because he's bad, he goes, now what are you, what's going to happen to you now? What's going to happen to him? You know, this is on you, essentially. I'm going to go take care of things. So he runs out after calling her many a words, which would be bleeped on here, so I won't say it. Flashback to, oh, no, the men are hunting Joel down, and one of them discover where he is. But Joel woke up, realizes he has to get into survival tactic, kills one man real hard, um, and then tortures another man, Oh, and knocks out both men, essentially. Ties them up, put them in the same area. 
talks to one man who's tied down who wakes up when he was unconscious to see Joel like covering over him saying where is she where did they take her um all the tricks of the torture he's like if you don't tell me I'm gonna blow off your kneecaps he just goes like man man you don't have to do this and then he stabs his knee and we hear him scream and the buddy boy scream in the background um and so he says point to where she is on this map and if your partner doesn't agree y'all are both dead in which the dude does, hey, go, dude, 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 I'll tell you, I'll tell you, here she is. And then he kills him anyway. The other dude was like, man, what are you doing? Why did you do that? I'm never going to tell you now. And he's like, that's fine, I believe him. And then he kills him too. And then so he goes after Ellie. At this point in time, we see James and uh, David come back, grab her out of the seller. Oh, big key point. She has seen ears on the floor and realizes they have been eating people. And she accuses them of being monsters, and she would never. And she asks him, are you going to chop me up in tiny pieces previously? And now he comes back and is like, yeah, I'm going to chop you up in tiny pieces. So they grab her, put her on the butcher block, essentially, ready to go to town. She starts screaming, no, don't do this, don't do this. I'm infected. And they both stop. And they're like, what? Because he had, at this point, gotten bitten by her. And had a bloody, bloody nub of a hand. Just kidding, just bloody hand. And she's like, "Look, roll up my sleeve. Look, you'll see, you'll see. I'm infected and now so are you. So they pull up her sleeve and James is freaking out. And David's trying to figure things out. He's like, there's no way. There's no way you'd have turned by now. You'd have turned by now. And this gives her enough time to grab the axe and hack uh, James in the neck, which he dies violently while she rolls off and runs away. And David is shooting at her and chases her down into a restaurant of that little area. Uh, she throws a burning branch stick at him, which hits a curtain, sets the place on fire slowly. And he's like, you know what? I am going to take you. It doesn't matter. You are going to live. And so am I. Um, all of these things. And I am going to, I decided you do need a father and I will be your father. That feels very threatening. And then he does the whisper, I'm coming to get you. Where are you? Ellie does all of that stuff. And she's hiding in the background. She jumps on him. He's able to take her down. And at this point, we know things are getting gross because he is implying that he's about to rape her at that point, but she's able to grab a knife, jams it in his neck. He flips off. She pounces on him and repeatedly stabs him, repeatedly stabs him in a very violent and malicious way, screaming. And then she runs out the door, traumatized, bloody, when Joel comes around and grabs her. She's freaking out, thinking it's someone else, until he captures her face and says, it's me, it's me, as she stops to look, and he hugs her and says, I got you, baby girl, as she's saying he was about to, and then they leave. Yeah. Insane. <laughs> I like how you always end it with ends, I dude. Do. I feel like it has to happen. Yeah. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, 
Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Excellent as always. Thank you, Samantha. I do want to, a couple of like <laughs> housekeeping at the top. Um, number one is... In the last episode, we kind of made a very vague, weird mention of the rabbit scene. Yes. Um, If you've been, like, turning over your head, what could they have meant um, (laughs) about that? So there's an infamous scene in the game where Ellie... There's, like, a pretty rabbit. It, 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 like, literally goes from... Very serene. It goes from, like, you think Joel has died, hard cut... You are now Ellie, and you're hunting. And that mm-hmm. is, there's no other explanation. You are playing as Ellie now, which I'm going to talk about more in a second. And you see this rabbit, and it's so pretty. It's like snow is glistening in the light. You're like, oh, rabbit. And then an arrow comes right through the neck, blood everywhere. And the reason why it's kind of infamous is because a lot of those like YouTube uh, videos where a guy is usually a guy it's like, hey, girlfriend, come watch me play this or come play this. Look how cute. And then they're shocked and horrified at what happens. Um, and so that's what we were talking about. The, and that's why I was like, I don't think with the effects, it would have been worse the cost of what <laughs> they would, would have taken. Right. But they had a nod at it. They had yes. a little like... They yeah. had a nod. And they did switch up her yes. weapon. So in the game, she has a bow and arrow. But they gave her a rifle for Mm -hmm. the show. And I'm I'm assuming they'll never have her using a bow and arrow, especially in season one, because that's not being introduced at all. Yes. And I think that is because um, what I'm going to talk about more in a second. But because these are video games, I've seen a lot of arguments about, like, why did they cut this? Why did they cut this? There is a whole scene where you're playing as Ellie where you have to work with David when you first meet him. And there are clickers, there are bloaters, you have to fight all of them. And in the game, that's meant to endear you to him. Like, you have to work together. He does protect her. He gives her weapons. Like, you know, you do, you have to work with him. And a part of that is she only has the bow and arrow. 
And he gives her the rifle. It's not Joel's rifle, because she leaves that with him thinking something, maybe he'll need it. But it's also because you have a whole scene, as I said in the last one, this is the scariest section of the game, in my opinion, because suddenly you're playing as Ellie. Ellie is much smaller. She has, like, no weaponry other than a couple of things. And is like, whereas Joel can take a lot of good hits, she can't. But she's stealthier. Like, she has things that she's better at than Joel. And like I said, one of them is she can kill a clicker in one hit. Joel can't do that, um, generally. But the bow and arrow is like the compromise because they can't hear you use the bow and arrow. So if you're really good at it, it's like my favorite weapon. Then you can take out a lot of people and they'll never hear it. So you're still kind of being stealthy but taking people out. But yeah, I don't think they'll introduce it at all in, in this season. Oh gosh, I have so much to say about this one. But I, I do want to start with also, yes, Troy Baker, who's on the podcast, <laughs> is the voice actor of Joel. Um, and also a lot of other, like if you've played any video game in this realm, you've probably heard him. He does do a lot of these kind of gruff fatherly figures, it turns out. <laughs> I was telling yeah. you about that TikTok people have been sending me about. Yeah. People cosplaying as, quote, Troy Baker's daughter, because in so many video games, he plays that role. He was James, who is the creeper number two. And you can watch the, you know, behind the show afterwards where he talks about, like, how amazing this was, how rewarding it was for him. He never thought he'd do this. He thought maybe he'd be a clicker at most. Um, and it was cool to, it, it's like we talked about, Samantha. It's cool to see that they're including the voice actors in it, at least some of them. Um, and it was kind of a bit, it kind of messed with my mind about, because in the game, he's Joel. Yeah. And he's protecting Ellie, and he looks right. like Joel. And then Ellie kills Joel. Joel. <laughs> you know, we all had a bet about who was going to end up killing James. And so many people was like, it's going to be Joel on Joel. But it was Ellie on Joel, which was almost just worse. I know. I was like, so, and then he's the one that shoots the horse mm -hmm. um, and puts her in this like really dangerous situation. So that was a really interesting Right, and he also knew about the cannibalism. Oh, I forgot that part yeah. where Joel sees the dead bodies without yes. their heads hanging upside down. Real creepy. Yes. Yeah, they're like hanging, like curing like meat, and they're plastic yes. wrapped. And Ooh. oh, they're the dead, including the father, yes. who they did not bury. Yes, and so David is sitting in front of this poor girl who he just slapped. As she's eating. And she is eating her father, who she's so worried about and wants right. to bury. And she doesn't know it. And it's like one of the most disturbing things. It is the, the disturbing. And BT dubs, we did not mean to, but we do have food during our before fest. And we <laughs> ended up having like a meat stew. Mm -hmm. And I did not think about it until uh, my partner's sister, because she knows we have these themed things. Mm -hmm. And typically it's not just themed on Last of Us. It could be like something's happening that week. Right. Or we're just going to make this thing. And... We, she asked, did you have beef stew? We were like, oh my God, we did. And I did not even think about it until then. <laughs> I thought about it, but then I was like, I'm not going to mention it because I don't want anybody to feel like nauseous, <laughs> nauseated, but I definitely Thank you for it. that. It was an afterthought. I was like, oh, <laughs> shoot, we did. Well, they don't really show that in the game. Like, you know no. it's happening, but you right. don't have like such a visceral graphic scene of everybody eating it and not yeah. knowing. Yeah. But also, our lovely friend, the aforementioned oh, Marissa, so she made this wonderful meal, but I did not know there was going to be a beef stew. I yes. wouldn't have told her no, but I didn't no, know yeah. that was going to be. 
part of it. it yeah, it was so delicious. Uh, she left yes. leftovers, oh. and I'm eating it still. It's one of my favorite things. Uh, we were telling her it feels yeah. like just a homey hug. Yes. The soup does, but then you think about it in that context, you're like, oh, yeah. never mind. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's something about all of them because they're so hungry, and there's like the clanking of yep. the spoons against yep. the bowl. Silently. And you're like, Ooh. Only a few yeah. of them know this is human, yeah. and it's their friend Alec that they're all crying yeah. about. <laughs> so they're oh. just mourning. <laughs> oh. oh, my gosh. Anyway, moving on. Okay, anyway, <sighs> yes. So I did want to go back to the point of playing Ellie during the game. So as I said in the previous episodes, the first game is divided by seasons, uh, and they get progressively shorter, hence why there's only one episode left. And you do play as Ellie during the winter section and i think it is the serious section as i've said you don't know that joel has survived the first hint you get that he has survived is when she's like medicine medicine and then like oh maybe he's still he's still there but um if you've listened or watched the behind the show thing if you've read some of the articles about this game this whole section is what inspired the game. Uh, what Neil Druckmann the creator inspired him to do it was because he he writes about this game he played where, wherein it's a very traditional game where you're playing the kind of like a gotta rescue the princess in the castle situation as a male protagonist. And then it turns out not only does she not need rescuing, she rescues you. So it really flips and then you're playing as her. So this was what he really wanted to explore. And it kind of like, I was thinking about this last night when I was trying to get over the nightmare I had about a spider. <laughs> um, long story, but whatever. Uh, it's unfortunate, but I don't know too many games who have done that. Like a lot of times, you do just play, you know, your your traditional hero character, and he saves your younger innocent character, usually a woman or a girl. Um, and we are going to talk about that more in the uh, finale episode, and we have talked about it in our um, our episode on survival gaming. Because that's still there in this as well. But it was like a new thing. Like suddenly you are playing as Ellie, this young girl. And it's like totally up to her to save Joel. And in fact, it's interspersed with Joel waking up. He does do this torture scene. Um, like I said in the last one, I know this sounds strange, but it's a really cool game mechanic because he's still sick. So he can't like aim as well. He'll fall over. Like he's he's not doing well. And he, But you still think he's going to save her. And then... He doesn't. It's just like the timing of it. But the way it's cut, you still think, oh, okay. But that's not what happens. And that's what they said in the behind the show thing was that that was like the opposite of what they wanted uh, was for him to come in and save her. But that you're still expecting it because that's the story we see all of the time. And even, you know, to an extent, you want it to happen. Like you don't want Ellie to have to deal with this, um, this horrific thing. And uh, one of the things I love about this game, which I, I'm going to have a lot more to say about this in the final episode. But one of the things I do love about it is this event does not leave Ellie. She is traumatized after this. Like, she, it changes the way she interacts with you and with the world. She is notably despondent and, like, just gets distracted, kind of doesn't listen. Like, I really like that they didn't just put under the rug, like, oh, she... She went through this horrible thing and killed this guy. No, it, it stays with her for a long time in the game. And there are kind of big cuts in the game, which has been, I think, the source of some people's like, wait a minute. Because it it'll just cut to spring or it'll just cut to winter or whatever. And you miss kind of a, a 
section of them traveling. <laughs> but, and that's also like, it's unclear how long Joel has been very sick in the game, but it's it's not like days. It's longer than that. And she, the whole like DLC left behind, she had all already kind of exhausted these efforts of of healing him. So it's not like a couple days, but you know, it's not clear either. All right, uh, but we got to talk about this cannibal group. Okay, so they really leaned into the religious aspect, which I'm going to come back to in this. In the game, there is that, but it's like not nearly as uh, prevalent. But it is another example, as we've talked about throughout this, of like humans are the worst. Like you've got your infected, but what's the real horror here (laughs) is humans. Um, And so the big... Gosh, the big thing with David... He is so creepy. Oh, my gosh. Um, Because you do work with him. He identifies with those zombies. He does. He has a whole speech where he's like, they're fruitful, they multiply, they provide, and they protect using violence when necessary. He does have this strange... They kind of played it up, especially between him and James, People were starting to doubt him because there was no food. They were being deprived of food. They were starting to doubt his leadership. And he was getting more and more angry at his own group. And especially around Ellie. Ellie was kind of like this blowing up of like, no, I think we need her. And they were like, what are you talking about? We can't even provide for the people that we have. But that whole, like, the, his big line is everything exists for a reason. And when I tell you that gives me chills, I, I was so annoying when we were watching. I was like, here it comes. He's going to say it. <laughs> because in the game, that's when you're like, oh, no, they know that we killed those people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but him kind of, like, he says he turned to religion uh, after the apocalypse and in part because of Cordyceps. He almost makes it sound like that's his god, is not uh-huh. god. Mm-hmm. But, like, Cordyceps showed him the way. You see all these, like, signs he shall provide uh, hanging around. And I think, you know, his constant discussion around fatherhood, and oh, you need a father, I'm your father. In his head, he's taking up this role. And it's, like, a real power trip for him. Uh, absolutely. And he has so many, like, petty lines that we can, you know, we're not, talking about cannibalism, but we can connect to of like, oh, you know how it hurts to be embarrassed, Ellie? Like, you've really humiliated me. Like, all of these kind of, like, petty, oh, you're a guy who's not used to being rejected or any kind of, like, (laughs) somebody questioning your authority. And then he has also, like, this whole thing where he's like, I'm only the leader because they want me to be the leader. They need a God. They need a Father. They need heaven. Um, They're just... Basically sheep. Well, he says sheep, but, you know. And he's like, I want an equal. Um, but he's just very condescending of the people that he's supposedly supposed to look after, uh, which I do think is a lot of commentary on religion. <laughs> There's also a lot of commentary of daughters with missing fathers. And this was interesting in the behind-the-show thing where they were talking about, like, oh, he, you think he's going to be, like, a good person and a good father, and he turns out to be, like, the worst. Which I guess, I, I don't know, I, I don't think I ever put it in my mind like that, but I suppose it's supposed to be some kind of, oh, I think he is meant to look like a, he could be a good guy, but he's so creepy. 
Oh, anyway. Um, <laughs> I feel like he's a lot creepier in the game from Jump he's than in the show. He's creepier immediately in the game. Whereas yeah, yeah, in the yeah, show, yeah. he's like not as creepy and then, oh God, worse. A real creepy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is, speaking of, this has caused a lot of conversation because um, some people are like, David was never pedophilic in the game. And I told you, the voice actor who played him always intended for him to be read that way. And it certainly can be read that way. I think it was more overt in the show, but it's not like, it's there. (laughs) It's there in the game as well. Like he does the whole like holding of the hand scene. He does the whole like basically become my wife thing with Ellie in the game as well. I think what really like watching it again really like struck me is I hate, he has this line where he was a teacher and he taught kids about your age. That is so upsetting. But he also has a lot of lines like, I'm a decent man. You don't know how good I am. You do need a father. Like you said, I can protect you. It's mercy to protect her. Like he's very much painting himself like, you need me to protect you. But if you do anything wrong, anything that is not like in my favor, what I think you should do, then I'm going to do like the very worst things, calling you the very worst things. Like, And there's definitely, like, again, commentary, I think, about the whole, like, preacher-father thing happening here. But he, I mean, he's terrifying. Like, the scene where you're in the restaurant in the game is one of the scariest things I've ever played. (laughs) Because you, it's burning down. He can hear you stepping on glass. He's so much bigger than you. He's got, like, this huge cleaver. And you have to sneak up on him and he's saying like these horrible things. It's just, it's just like a really upsetting, upsetting scene. Um. <laughs> well, if you're saying all this and we're all like, and this is her favorite game, y'all. <laughs> I know. We have a really fun idea to maybe compare us playing our favorite games, which I think would be great. <laughs> Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers. Snag a job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store, clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah. Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. 
Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Well, uh, so all of this is juxtaposed with, yes, Joel is waking up. Um, He's realizing like, oh no, Ellie is in trouble. And so he uses the old map trick, which we talked about in episode six. He does that a couple times where he has somebody point to a spot on the map and then the other person has to confirm it uh, to make sure that they're not lying this like really horrendous torture scene and then him you know struggling through to find her and seeing those dead bodies seeing her backpack uh away and i I do think it's interesting that the previous episode no episode six set up his like anxiety and so much worry of failure whereas they didn't do that in the game like he was definitely desperate and you could tell by like how he (laughs) tortured these men and killed them that he was definitely desperate but they didn't set up kind of that like, which I felt you could feel in his performance of the, oh God, I'm failing again and here it is. But as all this is happening, we see Ellie, yes, yeah, she gets, he threatened, David threatens her with sexual assault. She gets the cleaver and just like completely is screaming, stabbing him over and over and over again. Um, which does happen in the game. And I saw the next day, a lot of people were like, this is, she should get an Emmy for this, uh, this performance. And it was very, you know, I think the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, so caught up in it. But I have cried at other other watches because it's so upsetting. Like, it's so, like, seeing her so visceral about it and so hurt. And he did have that, David did have that conversation with her where he's like, you've got a violent heart. I have one too. I see you in me, like I see me in you, and all of this really upsetting stuff that you can tell is like, oh, getting in her head. And uh, why does he say there's no fear in love? Which is such an upsetting, upsetting line. Um, But this was like, you know, again, Ellie didn't need saving. They did say in the, the after the show thing, like, you know, she... It was like an emotional saving, but not like this. Um, And I do love she uses that infected trick. It's so smart. Like that, she was, it was a very, a show of intelligence during a very horrific time when they're about to chop her up into pieces and eat her. I love the guy in Ellie Mm -hmm. Ellie is the girl who broke your finger. That's one of my favorite lines. The little girl who broke your finger. Because he was so embarrassed, like, what am I going to tell the others? What will I say? And she's like, oh, tell him. <laughs> but then, you know, you have the line from the showrunner, Craig Meisen, who was like, you know, as much as we love her, we have to be a little scared of her. And that is something I've said a million times. Ellie is so, she's got a lot of, like, curiosity and innocence, and she's a child. And I think it's important people remember she's a child, because I think they forget. And I'll have more to say about that as well. But she's terrifying. Like, I wouldn't mess with her. She will kill you. She will kill you. (laughs) Uh, 
And then, yeah, you do see kind of, this is another example of trauma. What does it take to survive in this world? And it, as they said in that, like, after show thing, it scars her in a way that forever changes her. It's kind of like Riley when Riley died. This is the thing that stayed with her. And this whole idea that they are very, very much hammering home of, like, Ellie having this violent heart of being, turning to violence, or that's the only way she can survive, or, or, or things like that. And again, just like Joel... And the big thing that happens here is, you know, finally Joel calls her baby girl, which is something that he called his daughter. He hasn't used it for 20 years. This is the first time. And that's just like the turning point of, oh, he's finally, okay, this is like a daughter figure to me. She clings to him. It's like, I need some kind of comfort. It's a very, it's one of my favorite scenes in the game. It's very upsetting, but it's very well done. Um, and, you know, after, again, the kind of whole talk about, oh, I can't fail. And seeing this, that's definitely, definitely setting some things up. Mm. I also want to just call out the sets. This was really on point with the game. It was very beautiful slash terrifying kind of wintry landscape. It was really good. But yeah, that's... <laughs> it's so funny because it's like only 60 minutes but they pack so much into the 60 minutes. <laughs> it was full of action. Very quick. It was. It was. And so many like, there was a lot of like <laughs> exclamations of disgust. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It caused a lot of conversation. I do have a couple of random things. One is, did she lose her pun book? In the game, she doesn't lose her pun book but he did not pick up her backpack. So I don't know about that. I'm sure they um, grabbed it. I hope so. <laughs> and also, Samantha and I took a BuzzFeed quiz. Very legitimate. Yes. Very BuzzFeed legitimate. quiz about what character we would be. And I got Frank. Oh, and I was Tess. Um, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. All excellent. Mm -hmm. Actually, everyone I've talked to about this has gotten a different character. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't mention in the previous episode how important that AHA song is take on me to the series, but uh, just to mention that in there. Here's my up next. If you don't want anything, I'm not going to spoil anything, but if you don't want anything, you can you can Move click along. off and return next time. Um, there will be a certain animal appearance, perhaps? Maybe? <laughs> Ashley Johnson, who I realized <sighs> in the like previous episode, I just said her name and didn't say anything else about her. She's the voice actor of Ellie. <laughs> just know Ashley Johnson. Yes. And she's somewhat infamous. Uh, she is a child actor that's been around for a very, very long time. Yeah. She was in very quickly for the original uh, Avengers uh -huh. as the waitress, but she has a very distinctive voice. Yes. So, and it's never, like, she's had it since childhood. Like, there's yes. a very distinct uh, way that you, when you watch these uh, family sitcoms, mm -hmm. you know you've heard mm -hmm. this voice. Yes, yes. And if, you know, after this ends and you're looking for more content, I know I've mentioned it before but you can see a lot of like them filming and she does the filming the games mm -hmm. and she does the like acting and uh, body movements and everything but it's really cool to see uh, her do it and she's great she's great um, yeah apparently she's a huge d and -er. yes I know yes I know um, <laughs> also look this was my vague hint, I promise. They are setting some things up, okay? Like, they, they are. are really setting some things up. They really up. are. Woo! But yeah, that, it's the end of the next episode. It's, that's it. That's um, it. 
I know. I'm going to cry. I know. Oh, my gosh. We will have another clip of that. <laughs> That's what you're into. No, it's going to be... <laughs> uh, oh, my gosh. It's going to be great. But we hope that you have been enjoying these, whether you've watched the show, played the game, none of the above. Because we have... I have definitely... I hope we have loved doing them. Yes, we have. And I'll miss them. I'll miss them greatly. Um, but, yes, we will be back next week with our final edition. <gasps> Uh, in the meantime, if you would like to contact us, you can. Our email is stephanieandmomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram and TikTok at Stuff Mom Never Told You. Also, you can listen to us on YouTube now if that's something you'd like. Uh, thanks, as always, to our super producer, Christina. Thank you. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff Mom Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. This episode is brought to you by Pedigree. If you've been looking for love at first sight, it is closer than you think. It can be found at your local shelter. So this June 7th to 9th, join the Pedigree Adoption Drive and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Pedigree knows that bringing a dog into your home not only opens their heart, it can open yours too. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions.